And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. What's up, friends, and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Week 10 Waivers. We are already in the double digits of weeks. I'm Chris Welsh. That is Jake Seeley. And uh, the waveries are very wavery today. That's what we're going to be doing, uh, breaking down all of Jake's article that's over on The Athletic. So if you guys want to go and check that out, go to theathletic.com, or you can go to All In Kid on the Twitter X, click straight on the waiver link, and you can sign up there. Lots of options. However you do it, get you to the same end goal where we're talking Week 10 waivers. Mr. Jake Seeley, how goes it? It goes because So we call it Twix, and they were just named like Twitter X is just Twix. And that's what we're doing. Oh, like, yeah, like the candy. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Really good. Halloween, it would be very appropriate. Yeah, there you go. So we're Twixing. Yeah. Maybe I said it, fed, but I said Twitter X. Twitter yeah, X. Twitter X. Yeah, like, I don't know. Twix. Who, who the hell cares? Fall yeah, on that I thing. Don't know. <laughs> I still get yeah. notifications people are posting on threads. And I'm like, people are still doing that? Like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they try to sneak them in. They sneak them in on Instagram. You're like, what is this? And then you click on it and it takes you to threads. And they're like, ah, they got me. There's too much on all that type of stuff. And then you get like notifications. You're like X formerly known as Twitter. And you're just like, no, let's let's stop. I still have all. a blue sky account. I never tweeted on or I don't even know what you call it on there. Skyed on blue sky. Wasn't that a drink? Blue skies. You ever have that drink? Someone's drink. had that drink here. Someone, no, no, it's not that type of drink. It's like a soda. Oh, it was like a soda from like a Trader Joe's or something like that. It was like Blue Sky or something. There's like three people that are like, yes, the cream <laughs> soda, Blue Sky, whatever. The same people they that drink exactly RC Cola. Yeah, no, no, RC, but RC Cola was like off-brand stuff. This was, I mean, I guess this was also RC Cola is a brand brand. Like, That's not like Doctor Perky that you get at Doctor Rocket, Doctor <laughs> Thunder. Really, yeah. no, we legitimately had a Doctor Perky here. So, a uh, Dr. Perky, I will say, for whatever reason, the doctor, dot, 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 was always the best off-brand soda. Like, none of the no, other sodas because Mr. Really Oh, off-brand. Compete. I was going to say, because Mr. Off-brand, Prib is off-brand. still the best. No, 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 but that's what I'm saying. It's like the Dr. Thunder or whatever. Those always translated the best than, like, whatever the, you know, the cola one was. Oh, so I It'd just be called cola. You know what I mean? Or, like, the Sprite version. Oh, well, I don't know about the Sprite. Like, you can't mess up Sprite. Like. I've never been able to taste the difference between Sierra Mist or whatever the hell they're calling Starry now and Sprite and been like, yeah, I can taste the difference. Coke and Pepsi, miss, you can taste the difference. I miss the memo on Starry. It just it, it one day it was just there and I was like, what is this? And then someone <laughs> said it was the new uh, it's the new Sprite or something. The I new Sierra Mist. Oh, it's the new Sierra. See, I don't even know. I just it's there. Just Starry. Starry is in our face like it's always been there. You're and welcome, like, everybody, up, for everybody? everything that you needed for waivers. Soda talk. Well, you know what? You might need a soda if you're going to be dealing with the waivers. There were a bunch of injuries, by the way, of course. I feel like week eight hit and it's just like every week someone's out for the year. Well, we got a couple of those and we've got who you should pick up. Last week's waivers looked pretty, pretty good. Just want to point out uh, from a production standpoint this past week. So 
make sure you're on top of it. Uh, so let's just jump right into it then. We won't waste any more time with the sodas <laughs> or the Dr. Thunders or whatever. Uh, Brian Dable uh, said an, an MRI confirmed Daniel Jones is out for the year. So Danny DeVito is now the quarterback or whoever they decide to, whatever they decide to do. The Giants are in trouble. Jake, is there any hope for any of the outlets? Everyone was like, oh, Jalen Hyatt might start becoming a thing. Nope. Um, Saquon Barkley against probably eight man boxes now for the rest of the year. I mean, what hope do you have on any of the Giants uh, ancillary players? None. Uh, just Wandell Robinson, maybe. And it's only because he was fitting a little bit better for Daniel Jones, which would be DeVito style, which maybe Matt Barkley, who's the next one up behind them. Maybe they go pick somebody off of practice squad from somebody else, but there's nothing here at this point. Like you said, Jalen Hyatt, but you needed a passing game because he could do it on two catches, but he needs six targets the way that they throw to him. And now does he even get that Darren Walder's out for a while. So that's why I think Wondell Robinson's a little bit intriguing, but that's about it. I mean, Wondell Robinson essentially as crazy as it's going to sound. People are like, you're out of your mind. And then go check the box scores. And you're going to see Wondell Robinson is essentially Zay flowers wide receiver four. Five receptions for 50 yards, four receptions for 47 yards. Maybe you get a seven for 78 or something like that, but they're essentially the same guy. It's a wide receiver four floor play. I had to pause to make sure I can get tongue tied. Only problem was like, they didn't trust DeVito to throw the ball at all. I mean, it was like, Last a, game they did. was it like they army? Didn't. Was it army or Navy? What's the one that doesn't uh, throw? That is army. Army. Yeah. It was like, oh army. no, like, I guess. That, wait, that runs the wishbone? That's Navy. Navy was the one that... Yeah. yeah okay, Navy. Yeah, Navy's the three running back. We run 50 times and throw three. Yeah, and I, I know mean, that I because felt like, Notre Dame faces them a lot. <laughs> I felt like Sa- Saquon was going to throw the ball more than DeVito. So no, maybe he threw change. 20 times. He completed 15 passes. They're just all dunks. Yeah, Drops. I'm just thinking of that first game. Thinking the dunks. first game, like, they did anything they could. To oh, yeah, so, that was... that was. But against the Raiders, they threw quite a, quite a bit. I mean, Slayton's desperation, but... Yeah, there's not really much here. No, there's not. Um, Kevin O'Connell confirmed an MRI revealed that there's in a torn Achilles for Cam Akers. He is out for the year. That's very unfortunate. Cam was just starting to kind of poke through. But you know what? If anything, that actually might be a positive because then Madison can just kind of like not have the takeaway happen. I don't know what else they'll potentially do, but Madison gets to have the full bore um, through the rest of the year because Akers is gone. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, who gets the full bore? Uh, Madison. Oh, yeah. I, I think Ty Chandler could just sprinkle in a little bit. They might surprise and sign somebody. You think they, they hate Madison enough? No, it's rollers. just we've seen enough of the roller coaster from Madison. The dude, he's what? Uh, I just pulled it up for my column for the for the ranks. I want to pull up, make sure I got the right number of the opportunities here. So let me find it. The goal to go, their goal line attempt. So goal line, goal to go is inside the ten. Goal line is inside the five. I was actually bringing it up because Tony Pollard's got the fifth lowest success rate. He's two for 10. Uh, Alexander, yep, I'm covered. Alexander Madison's 0 for 7. Zero touchdowns on seven rushes from inside the five. That tells you, like, so, I'm just saying, like, so is that a goal line back? Are they going to bring in a goal line? That's back? what I'm saying. Like, I don't know, like, maybe. So I, it should all be his workload. I just don't like, I, I guess maybe in my mind, I don't know how excited you were trying to make that sound. Like, Alexander Madison. I don't think he changes much from being still a mid RB two. Is really I was trying to make it exciting more. Is that like, I guess I've been the negative Madison guy, and you've had Cam Akers breathing down his neck this whole time. Yeah, that's now gone, and now they've got to just manufacture something else. But Madison seems to be like 
com- they it, it, they could be comfortable enough giving him 20 plus carries if they want, because there's not like a lockdown back someone that, they, you know, there's not even a Leonard Fournette that's out on the wire for them to go and make a move or not that they would or would want to. But um, I don't know. I just think it gives you maybe the slight slightest bit more confidence in Madison when you put him out on the roster because things had not been trending in like the best direction with Cam Akers. That's all. Okay. Um, there were a couple other just little injury noty things to talk about early on. Uh, Jordan Rodrique from The Athletic uh, reported that Sean McVay sounded optimistic that Matthew Stafford would be able to return in week 11. So just kind of getting you guys ahead of that one. Yeah. Puka and Cooper. Just, I, I trust you know. Jordan. I don't know if I trust the Sean McVay on this one just because I brought this up on all in football's waivers yesterday and it was weird because after the game we all of a sudden got will he be back in week 11 will it be longer will it be a shutdown situation similar to last year and I like look I trust Jordan the report over there I'm just saying like there's two reports there's floating reports that Stafford might not be back and might not be back soon I'm just I'm just concerned a little concerned yeah. Well, and I tried to be like, hey, we'll be all right with Puka and Cooper. And it wasn't this weekend. So, you know, <laughs> sooner, sooner rather than later, please, for Matthew Stafford and the rest of our teams. Um, maybe they'll be able to fix it. But it was really bad this past week on the Bears side. Uh, Justin Fields had a limited practice on Monday, which is great. And Bears designated Khalil Herbert to return from the IR. So theoretically, I don't I know sometimes the designated from IR can still be a couple weeks, but there's the potential that you could have Fields and Herbert back this weekend, which, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a positive. Is that, a, is that a positive boost? Is that a positive boost in your mind for, you know, where DJ Moore has been at? It affects that running game. I don't know if Khalil Herbert comes back also to, um, you know, the workload that he had before now that you've got Deontay Foreman, you know, doing his thing and Roshan Johnson out there, but thoughts on Field and um, Khalil? Well, do you just want to talk about the running backs now before we talk about the waivers? We'll just kind of hit them all at once. Not Oh, the, do we have... Yeah, you know what? Because we have yeah, both Let's save it. Oh, you want to save we it or you just want to get into it now? Yeah. Fields is an upgrade, though. There's no... That's, that's not even a question. I don't, Tyson Bajant was fun for that one week, destroying everybody's rushing props, too. But like Because he went Mike Vick on him out there. So, actually, he pulled his Justin Fields. That was fun. But, yeah, that's an upgrade for DJ Moore and... I mean, Cole Komet was, what, two or three receptions, two touchdowns, three receptions? Like, Cole Komet's back in our graces. Darnell Mooney's still a matchup play. I actually liked Darnell Mooney a lot last week because of the coverage with Lattimore on top of DJ Moore. So, I just, they're just, it's a boost to everybody. Justin Fields is better. Yeah, I wonder if Fields runs a little bit less, too, when he comes back. Always something to consider. And Cole Komet was starting to get a thing. Uh, yeah, we will talk about this in one second. The last quick burns. John Harbaugh said that they're... He said, quote, I'm sure there will be a rotation when talking about uh, uh, Keaton Mitchell earning more playing time. Just the best thing that we all needed out of that backfield. And Dan Campbell said that he's feeling good about David Montgomery playing in week 10 and also said that Jameer Gibbs was going to get more run um, with what he's done when Dave Montgomery comes back. So a couple some messy running back situations, but the, the, the Gibbs love, love, love fest has to taper back a little bit. And as Gus Edwards has been scoring all these touchdowns, but guys like Mitchell and them are going to come in and have some effect. Are you in, are you going to be into Mitchell at all? I wouldn't even going to be. Yeah. Been on Mitchell. I had Mitchell. No, no, I know. But like with the three headed monster, <laughs> I know like, I'm just being tongue in cheek. Just look, I, there's been some, I've even said there's been some people in waivers who, because of slim rosters, people on buys on top of injuries and all, it's like, who do I have to drop? And unfortunately for some of those people, it was Mitchell like two or three weeks ago last week, just because of how 
Uh, not last week because everybody was out there two weeks ago. But yeah, it's just it's the crunch. It's like, who do you drop? Do you drop yeah. Tank Dell or Keaton Mitchell? I mean, two weeks ago, you're, unfortunately, until he gets even into the rotation. But that upside you saw is why we were, we, we everybody was stashing him where we could. Um, I am 100% into him just for the fact that we might as well talk about it. He's number two. He's two yeah. because we'll talk about one in a second. He would be one if one's not out there. But with Mitchell, it's that there's the A-chan upside. Everybody's thinking A-chan, A-chan, A-chan. And that's, that's reasonable. Like, that's the explosiveness. Mitchell was overlooked in the draft. He was overlooked as a talent. He has that explosiveness. Is he going to be a 20-touch guy? No, neither is A-chan. Is he going to be the best option? Possibly. But is he also potentially going to fall into a committee as Harbaugh is saying? Yes. Like, you know, there's a couple ways to look at it. People are like pushing back on the fact that Justice Hill led that backfield after Gus Edwards had a second touchdown and led in snaps, touches, everything. Gus Edwards barely even touched the field. He actually, he wasn't even out there for quarter four. So I don't, quarter four, fourth quarter. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> quarter four. He was not out there for the quarter four. It's the royal quarter. <laughs> yes. Quarter four, please. Uh, but I'm just saying that to say like, and people are like, well, they're just protecting Mitchell. And this was just the grind of like, don't get anybody else hurt. And like, just as Hill's been there the entire year. I'm not saying Mitchell's not better than Hill. I'm not saying he doesn't have a higher ceiling. I'm not saying Mitchell doesn't have the highest ceiling of all three of them. But if all three of them are used, it's going to be a very dicey situation week in and week out because the one definitive factor we know, Gus Edwards is the goal line carrier. That's the one thing we do know. And what's hilarious is that at the very, very early part of the season, that was like Justice Hill. Justice Hill was scoring those touchdowns. Oh, so weird. My worry, my worry with Keaton Mitchell is he looks like the most explosive, but I feel like you're going to be capped at like eight touches. And it's like, what can you do with that? Because you've also got Lamar who's going to dominate some um some carries you've got justice hill who ends up being the lead guy gus edward takes a touchdown so what does that leave for a guy like keaton mitchell it 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 puts him in a situation where you've got to break a big play so i'm a little bit dicey Uh, from an upside perspective this number two spot makes tons of sense yeah you're playing in some pseudo keeper dynasty type of league and he happened to be sitting out there makes all the sense of the world for the long-term option if you've got the flexibility, I like it. If you're a little bit, ha- I-, I got a bye week issue this week in a couple leagues. I-, I literally have a, I have every bench player in one league starting, <laughs> and I have an extra defense from the week before that I have to cut to fill one more spot. So you've also got bye week issues that are coming up here, and I guess I'm just a little bit cautious about the overall workload that he can have. I well, get why and they get he's the Browns this two. week. And that's an even tougher matchup. So, like, I, I also see a scenario where he maybe could sit out on the wire just because of buys. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit DirecTV.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. And in your waiver wire uh, column, which everybody can check out at The Athletic, he was number two, and he was sandwiched between a couple bears. And you had Khalil Herbert at one and Deontay Foreman at three. No Roshan in there. So uh, let's talk through this uh, bear-raven sandwich of waivers and uh, how the two bears are working for you here. Well, you kind of alluded to it, which is why I said if we wanted to jump ahead and get right into it, but you alluded to the fact that I don't know if it's a guarantee Herbert comes right back in. Look, you started off the first couple games and Herbert wasn't the clear lead. And then Herbert started to push ahead and then he went off the one game and then was looking great again the second game where he was the clear lead ahead of Roshan and the rest. And you looked at it and said, ooh, it's happening. Yay, it's ha-. and then he got hurt. So... You have Deonta Foreman come in, and Deonta Foreman looks great. You know, Roshan missed time because of the concussion, but Roshan came back, and it's still been Deonta Foreman. And it's been Deonta Foreman, like, up, down, in between. It's Foreman. Like, Johnson gets sprinkled in, but it's clearly Foreman. And he's looked really good, and that's the problem. It's like, if you, like, it's the quote-unquote, I put it even in the waivers, the quote-unquote, don't mess with success. Like, it's working. Like, don't fix what's not broken. And Foreman's working right now. And Foreman's working with Bajan. Like what, you know, so do I think Herbert, get, you know, is he going to get Wally pipped? Yeah, it's a possibility. Do I think he should? I still like Herbert over Foreman, but I don't think it's enough of a gap to say that Herbert's going to come in and definitively go back to the lead. And even if he is definitively the lead, I don't know if it's nothing more than 55-45 split or even a 50-50 straight up and down the line. Uh, I do not think, I'll say that one thing, where I will plant a flag, quote-unquote, I don't think Herbert's coming back to 75% of the workload. So that's my issue here. And that's why Herbert would be one. He's 62% on Yahoo, which so that's why I put him there because he probably got dropped in a lot of leagues for people that don't play with IR spots or something, which is just stupid. But anyway, uh, that's why I still have Foreman at three because I, do, I am not dropping Foreman. I am waiting to see this play out. I'm going to give it at least a week, if not longer. Um, and I, the flip side, just to go down the road when we're talking next week, if Foreman gets 65% of the work and Herbert gets 35, I'm still not even saying that's definitively going forward either because they might ease him back in similar to Jonathan Taylor with the Colts because Zach Moss was playing well. So it's just a lot. Just you got to hold both of them. Yeah. And, and Foreman has looked like a, like a bowling ball. He just crashes out of the offensive line, just into the defense and he's gaining yards. And it's, it's a really interesting thing too, with him being like not active early on. And he has really established a role I completely agree with you. I just don't see Khalil Herbert. I know I, cur- I cursed Cam Akers because I said, this is what needs to happen. I said, we saw Deontay Foreman. You have the Achilles injury. You come back. You're not good. You wait a year. You're good for a few games, but then you fall off again. So then you got to come back another year. So it's like you got that. You got to come back once and then a year and a half gap. And then you start to really look good. And I was like, that's going to happen for Akers. Just we got to wait till next year, next year. And then blew out his Achilles mm-hmm. again. Yep. We won't see him till maybe next, Ever? Not next year. Yeah, ever. I think yeah, this could be a career right. ender. Oh, man. Oh, man. Your arc, since I've been on this show with you of Cam Akers, the, <laughs> the, the arc is something special. It is something crazy. <laughs> uh, coming in at number four. So, again, the top three, Khalil Herbert at number one, though he does just slightly break that 60% threshold. 
Uh, Keaton Mitchell, number two, and Deontay Foreman, number three. Coming in at number four, Zach Charbonnet with the Seahawks. So talk to us about uh, Charbonnet getting into that top five. Uh, a huge jump for Charbonnet, uh, mostly because Kenneth Walker is going right back to the issues Kenneth Walker had last year. And the problem with Kenneth Walker last year is the same thing he had at a college. Look, he has explosive playability. Kenneth Walker can break through tackles. He can catch some balls. He can do a lot of really good things. The problem with Kenneth Walker is he has Trent Richardson disease. And it's not as bad because obviously Kenneth Walker's succeeding in the NFL and Kenneth Walker's doing well. And he's been a top 10 running back at times at the start this year. He was one of the best running backs. The problem when I say Trent Richardson disease is he doesn't always see the holes that are created for him. Like the design, he looks for ones. There'll be like one right in front of his face and he'll bounce to the next tackle or onto the tackle instead of the guard or he'll try to bounce outside, or he'll run through a smaller lane, and there's the bigger lane. And it's just, it's not, like, look, I have terrible vision. This is why I could never play running back. My vision sucks. Like, I, I don't know, I, like, you could compare, like, it's almost like somebody put invisible blinders like a horse on my face, and all of a sudden I can see down this narrow hallway, and I don't have any, like, this is why I never played running back. I, I can't do it. Um, and I'm just saying, like, not every player is gifted in Every like not every running back can be Christian McCaffrey. Not every running back can be Saquon Barkley. Hell, Saquon Barkley's problem is being able to stay healthy. So I'm saying all this to say we saw this happen last year. And the concern last year started to sprinkle in some other options, but there was nobody like Charbonnet last year. So Charbonnet's gotten healthy. He's shown some burst. I'm not saying Kenneth Walker's losing the job to Charbonnet, but we've seen this before with, oh my God, Pete Carroll. He's going to turn to whoever he feels like at any given time. And if this leads to a 50-50 split, I mean, you could start starting Charbonnet, start starting Charbonnet as an RB3, potentially. And that's why he vaulted so far up the ranks. You could argue, so I know the the priority of the waiver is here. Maybe it already has the answer, but you could argue that Charbonnet might be a more valuable pickup than Keaton Mitchell, don't you think? If, or is Keaton Mitchell just so, like, it just, dramatically above? It's just that ceiling. I'm not going to pass on the potential. Like you could even argue that Mitchell's better than Herbert just because what if he's a Chan? What if he's a Chan and only needs his 10 touches a week to be an RB one every single week. And that that's the issue here. So uh, to your point, if you needed somebody for this week and you had one spot to grab, would you roll the dice on Mitchell against the Browns or would you make a case for Herbert Foreman or Charbonnet like that? I think that's something you can argue against. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number five, the last one we're going to talk about, all the rest are over on the article. That's why the article is so great. It's a huge, robust thing, so it's not just as simplistic as us being able to break it all down in a podcast. But number five, Tyler Algier, and you just did huffy face emoji. This also, this is funny too. What was it like? He had like negative like 13 yards at the half or yeah. whatever. Uh, but also Arthur Smith, his comment on Bijan Robinson was like, he's doing really great without the ball. And you're just like, come on, buddy. Like, what are we doing here? So the, the continued annoyance of Bijan Robinson always opens up this question, but he will not relent on Tyler Algier. So what do you want to what do you want to add to his case here uh, coming in at number five? Nothing. That's why he's got a huffy emoji. Like, if you don't want him, you don't want him. I can't believe he's still not even 60. So like this is what it comes down to Tyler Algier and to kind of run through real quick. Kenneth Gamble is right behind him. Those are both backups that if you're desperate, you might be able to start. And then if anything were to happen to lead option. You have at least an RB2 on your hands. That's why they're there. And that's why they're ahead of like Justice Hill and Devin Singletary who are already in timeshares. But do you really want to start them? They kind of really need the injury. And even with Singletary, you got the injury and it still wasn't that good. So that's really what it comes down to. It's like they're better versions of Zeke. 
That's, that's just the simplest way to put it. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's go over to the wide receivers, our top wide receiver waivers for the week. We're going back to the Huffy emoji. This one makes maybe even a little bit more sense. We all got We're to done. see. We've talked yeah, about him for incredible. three straight weeks on this show. How, like, I don't know. Well, how incredible is CJ Stroud that leads to that connection with Tank Dell? Tank Dell did his thing this week as CJ Stroud did. And like you said, I mean, I think you might have had Tank Dell on this like every single week we've done this show, Jake. Oh, he, he was out there the first week. He was in waivers the first week. <laughs> he wasn't this high because now there's been a lot of names that have been checked off and gone. But Tank Dell's been there the entire season because this is what you have. And look, there's going to be a down game. It could even happen the very next game. Like, C.J. Stroud's not perfect. C.J. Stroud just came off three games where it was like, ugh. I mean, in fantasy, he was scoring 12 points, 13 points, 11 points. Like, it wasn't that great. And it was either Collins or Tank Dell. And we could go right back to that. But Tank Dell is a wide receiver three slash four, depending on your league, who, for all intents and purposes, right now is Deshaun Jackson light. And I only say light because Deshaun Jackson at his prime, you could get 12 good games with six of those being amazing, another six being really good, and then the six terrible ones. Well, that's too many games, but you get my point. Uh, five, five, and five. Is that a little bit better? Uh, and, and that's the point. He's probably more of like half and half for Tank Dell. But that's you've got to just put him out. There. Here's one thing I will caution. If you're going to pick up Tank Dell, similar to Gabe Davis, don't try to play mix and match. Just leave him in your lineup as your wide receiver three or four because then you're going to miss the good games when you're trying to play mix and match and then you're going to play them in the bad games. Like, just put them out there. Not every wide receiver is Justin Jefferson. It's just, it's tough, I think, for people when, you know, you are you pick him up and you've got like, if you got like three lockdown guys and don't even have the options. Like, like, what is the general range, do you think, the tier he sits in that he can push? Like, how look at Addison with the Vikings. Addison's now a wide receiver one of the season, by the way. Well, I'm just saying, but at this moment, like, do you so, think Tank Dell lives in no, that? Is that way too high? Too high. I put Tank Dell in the same conversation as Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, those two, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett, who he is now. Okay. Like wide receiver threes, who any given week have the upside to be a top 12 wide receiver, but there'll be weeks where you just have to suck it up and live with the fact that they got you four points. Okay, that makes and sense. And that's what it's kind of you kind of you didn't say it, but you kind of said it without saying it. If Tank Dell goes out there and gets you three points this week, keep him in the lineup for the next game. That that was that's the point there. Like it just because yeah. you kind of said like you pick him up and then you watch a bad performance. You want you want to live the good ones. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Direct TV satellite free. Direct TV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Coming in at number two is Quinton Johnston. Josh Palmer is down, which opens this up even a little bit more. We're starting to see him get going, making a couple plays. Uh, so, I mean, talk to us about him coming in at number two on this list. Well, so it was not a good game. But if people watched, sorry if you watched the entire game, but if you did like I did, you saw a lot of Sauce Gardner on him, which that's going to be a struggle for anybody. And then on top of that, Johnston still struggles himself with adapting to the NFL, uh, getting his body in the right placement when it comes to positioning against the corner. Like that first throw, even by Herbert himself, was terrible. Like Gardner had inside leverage on him. He threw it out. To Johnston. Now, Johnston could have done something different. Palmer or Herbert could have done something different. Like, there's just going to be issues here. But the good thing hit, he was clearly the number two. And in fact, if you look purely at routes, he was actually number one because he ran one more route than Keenan Allen. But he's not the number one. There's no question about that. But he is clearly ahead of everybody else as the number two. And if you're going to be Justin Herbert's number two wide receiver on the Chargers, flaws are not. You got to get pick up. He's another one. I put Quentin Johnston in the conversation with Gabe Davis. Two points is just as likely as 20. Uh, number three, I really like this guy, Demario Douglas. And it's funny because the Johnston versus Demario Douglas debate is probably this floor versus incredibly high ceiling that you're battling with. Because I don't know if Demario Douglas has crazy upside, but as you mentioned in the article, there's kind of Jacoby Myers uh, similarities and he's just around the ball. But I don't know if it's ever going to be, you know, nine catches for a hundred and blah, blah, blah. He's just, he's going to have like a decent floor where Quinton yeah. Johnson could have one catch for three yards in a game. Douglas doesn't seem to have that. And he comes in at number three. Yeah. And yeah, when you had to do it, you have to do it right. You have to go, Demario. I actually did it without doing the fist pump. I've been trying to remember not to do it. I've, I, hey, it's a me, Demario. I do it like on all, I keep doing the fist pump and I like finally remember not to. Because <laughs> it's like, who can see it? <laughs> you can see me just doing the stupid punch block thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's a lot of fun. Uh, I have a soft spot for going. I went to Liberty for a year and a half, so I kind of had a, a little insight on Demario mm-hmm. Douglas. Not at the same time, obviously, but uh, I always like to see the kid like ODU and Liberty succeed because small schools that doesn't happen a lot. But what you just said is that it's Jacoby Myers. Like seven for seventy is the highlight game. Maybe eight for a hundred if it's a really nice game. But a lot of it's going to be the for Mike is Michael Thomas at this. This the new Michael Thomas is Demario Douglas. So, like you said, if you need more upside, which we're about to talk to two wide, two, I wish we were talking to them, talk about two wide receivers who arguably have higher ceilings because part of it, too, is Devontae Parker's not done. He might come back and does Devontae Parker hurt Douglas or I can't believe Juju Smith-Schuster actually did stuff in that game. He's kind of back, but it's also an offense led by Mac Jones. So, yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It's, you could argue there's, there's a lot of a wide receivers there. behind them. If you don't, if this is your sixth, even fifth wide receiver, and you don't really need a wide receiver, and a lot of them have already gone through their buys, you could argue there's a lot of upside guys behind Demario Douglas that you could be warranted picking up, including the next two. What? 
One of those guys, um, well, both will just talk about them. Jonathan Mingo came in at number four and Michael Wilson came in at number five. So why don't you talk about the upside of both of these guys? Yeah, and you can even go real quick. Jackson Smith and Jigba at six uh, and then Jamison Williams at seven. I know people are talking about Dom and Peoples-Jones and maybe it happens. Maybe he kicks Williams completely to the side and they're done with him. But I don't know, just the talent of Williams, I'm still going to chase that. We've already seen DPJ. Like, we know who he is. Like, I just, I'm, I'm not, maybe I'm wrong on that one. But anyway, uh, with Mingo, he actually ran as many routes as Adam Thielen. They were off the field for one route each. This He's clearly almost doubled up DJ Chark, who had the best day, though. DJ Chark with a stupid touchdown. But the good news here is we've been waiting for Mingo to get to the number two spot alongside Adam Thielen. It was a terrible game for Bryce Young. It was actually Adam Thielen's first single-digit game since week one. As insane as that is to think about for Adam Thielen. There'll be better days for Bryce Young. There'll be days like he just had in week nine that are gross. But Mingo's upside now finally as the two for the Panthers is he has top 30 upside. It'll probably be ugly because it's still Bryce Young. But I think that's why. And then number five is Michael Wilson. Kyler Murray's back. Done. And he's got the huffy face emoji because Michael Wilson, just like Tank Dell, has been there. I know he's been there because he was in a preseason one where I said he's a free pick. Nobody wants Michael Wilson. Just take him. He's going into the 200s. Just stash Michael Wilson and wait and wait and wait. So Michael Wilson's been there all damn year. I don't know what less to say except for everything you've known about Michael Wilson. Yes, he missed because he was hurt. But now Kyler Murray's back as well. Like He's going to love some Marquise Brown, probably some Trey McBride too. But there's enough Kyler Murray to be a third option there. Cardinals also a little murky. <laughs> there, yeah, there. There, murky. Uh, Kyler Murky. I actually just hope sense. they win some extra games to get the Giants further up the draft spot. Oh, man, the battle for Caleb. Uh, I did want to mention this coming in at Dumpsville here. This is a guy I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. I could not be more over. You're with me here in Dumpsville, Christian Watson. I know it hurts. None of us want to, but I've been over him for weeks. And you've been talking so much about Romeo Dobbs. Love likes Dobbs better. Yeah. Uh, Jaden Reed gets more options. It just It's not there. And the question was, is would you dump Watson how many of these guys would you dump Watson to pick up on your top five? Top five? All of them. I was going to go further than that. I'd drop him for his teammate, Dobbs. Dobbs is at eight. And I think you could argue, uh, I probably wouldn't do Wandell Robinson because what's the ceiling of uh, Wandell versus Watson? Mooney, eh. Shahid, similar players. Shakir, he's a three. Mims? I think you can make a case for Mims. Sean Payton's probably lying again. He's still got to get past yeah. Jerry Judy, but... What if he's not trying to get us? What if Mims all of a sudden becomes a two like Jonathan Mingo? What if he steps past Jerry Judy because they're just done and frustrated with Judy? He's gone next year. Uh, I can see you making that switch because what I explained about Watson is that you can't play him until you see a good game. So you're already waiting. You're not starting this week. You're already waiting. And then you have to wait for the good game. So you're going to miss a good game. He's going to sit on your bench, and then you're going to miss his good game because you can't start him right now. You can't. Jordan Love is trash. Christian Watson is not on the same page. They're not doing anything. And then what happens is the week that you start him, he has a bad game. Unlike Tank Dell, where I'm like, just leave him as your lineup. You're probably benching him again. So now you're going to get a bad game, and then you're going to have to wait and repeat the process. You're going to wait for another good game. So unless he really has two good games in a row, because you waited for the one, then he has a good game and you played him. He's like, ooh, he actually had a good game two weeks in a row. Unless that happens... It's two out of three scenarios are bad. One out of three scenarios are good. Play the odds. One out of three scenarios, actually, you can use them in your lineup. I would, I consider this like a sabotage drop. Let somebody else go pick them up and be like, oh, Christian Watson got dropped. And then watch them slap them in his lineup and watch Christian Watson go out there and get them 
one point against Pittsburgh. Ooh, like a Trojan horse. Yeah. It's like a fantasy Trojan horse. It doesn't always work out, though, because I sabotaged drop Najee Harris in the CBS League and with Jamie Eisenberg, and that didn't work out. <laughs> he actually had yeah. a decent game. But still might get there. Uh, if you're looking for a, fo- a couple streamers at quarterback, you've got Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray's Taylor not Heineke. He's just, yeah. he's just well, it, it pick up quarterback streamer yeah. pickups. Like he should. What what do you think you're going to slot him in week ten as far as QB? Top ten. I even like go right into top ten. Look at the quarterbacks we're going to have this week, just like last week. Look at the quarterbacks we don't yeah. have this week. We don't have Hurts, Tua, and Mahomes. <laughs> you just lost two top fives and definitively a top seven quarterback and then throw do we still have no Matthew Stafford who was right around 13 14 yeah Kyler Murray's going to be inside the top 10 Kyler Murray's also gets the face straight up against the Falcons who have a pretty good defense but is not somebody that we should be like ooh it's the Browns there's a lot of bad mid quarterbacks too like I'm you playing could, them without Deshaun hesitation Watson against the, yeah, the you Ravens. could drop you could drop Russell Wilson you could drop Geno Smith in a heartbeat I think for uh Kyler so there you go. Yeah, this is so here, not even a streamer. We've got a few extra minutes, and this isn't the ranking show. So let's rapid fire right through this real quick. I'll play Justin Fields against Carolina if he's back. If he's back. Yeah. So Colts, Patriots, neither of them. Uh, CJ Stroud and Joe Burrow going against each other. Definitely Burrow. I could see. I play both over. Are you saying over Kyler? Here? Yeah. I could see Stroud. Both over Kyler. Eh, I, can, I can go back and forth on that one. I don't even run my projections on that one. Uh, Carr versus Dobbs. Nope. Uh, Love versus Pickett, nope. Mayfield mm-hmm. and Will Levis, nope. Purdy, not against Jacksonville's defense. Trevor Lawrence against San Francisco, I'd go Kyler Murray. Maybe. I'd go Kyler Murray. Lamar Jackson yeah. against Cleveland. Lamar Jackson hasn't I'll had go, a great... I'll go Lamar still. He hasn't had a great game since... Early. I mean, Ky- Kyler's coming off of a like a pretty serious injury. He's been healthy team. for weeks. They just didn't sacrifice him to two terrible defenses in a row is what they did. Yeah. Like, so I'm just going to kid Jared Goff against the Chargers and Herbert. I'd start both of them. Not even a question, especially because Goff's indoors on that one. Dak Prescott against the Giants. I'd probably go Dak. My boy Howell yeah. against Seattle. I could go toss up Howell versus Murray. Um, Those are close. I'm not playing Geno. No way on earth. Geno's, what, 20 nope. at this point? You're not doing the Jets and the Raiders. And then Russ Wilson off the bye against Buffalo. Their, their defense has been trash, but I'd still go Kyler Murray. So Me too. I don't even think we got 10. Yeah, I think we got to like, I think we got somewhere between like, like eight. eight and 10. Yeah. 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 Somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I guess he is a top 10. I, it'll be very interesting moving forward after this, but this game will tell us a lot if he's sitting out there. Can I say one thing though? Pick him up. Sam Howell finally graduated from the streaming quarterbacks because he finally surpassed 60%. It only took nine weeks to get here and we finally got Sam Howell over the 60% threshold. Yeah. He's not on the list. You're right. Mm-hmm. Baker's still there. Baker's been there pretty much all year, but. You know, what can you do? He's going to stay there. He's not going anywhere. Uh, on the tight end streamers, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, Luke Musgrave all made that list. It's so weird seeing Musgrave, but Jordan Love just kind of stinks. The only and, one God, man. I, with the tight end stuff, I want to not be into a tight end by committee situation, but Jonu just keeps getting the ball. I mean, they, it doesn't matter who is that quarterback. They just don't throw it to Kyle Pitts, and they love to get it to Jonu. And that's the weirdest thing. Even Heineke too, which is like the switch didn't happen. I was like, I'll put Kyle Pitts inside the top eight because Heineke knows how to throw to a tight end. Actually knows how to. Nope. He does. He's just just John Smith. Actually, interesting enough, which you can check in the ranks column, uh, Desmond Ritter led the league in throwing to tight ends the highest percentage of the time. And it was an enormous gap. Tyler Heineke's mid pack because he, like you said, he threw mainly only to John Smith, not both of them. 
John, who's a guy that you can take a look at. There you go. And you guys can be on the lookout tomorrow for the ranks article. It's going to be over on the athletics. So make sure you are locked into that subscribe. You can get notified. If not, uh, you can just go follow Jake on Twitter. All in kid. He's got his article there. You can sign up from the article. You can follow me at is it the Welsh if you would like to do so. And that is it for waivers coming up here. Funston, myself on Thursday, we're going to be doing ranks. We're going to look at Jake's ranks. We're going to pick them apart. We're going to judge and point at them and, <laughs> and laugh. Probably end up uh, still not getting to where we need. To. It's usually like we are higher on a guy than Jake, and that's about it. But we'll be uh, talking about where Jake's ranks are at and more. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Or, of course, if you're with The Athletic, you can get it on The Athletic app. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. As always, we'll talk to you next time right here on The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll